0: another song that says it's five o'clock somewhere while well, it's five o'clock here pittsburgh time and it is time once again for another hangover my name is brian anthony davis from behind the steelcurtain.com. alongside me as always is my great friend shannon white and my other great friend tony defio we are your terrible trio Man, or is it the Tequila Trio? Because, man, it's a happy hangover because the Pittsburgh Steelers have won two in a row. And don't look now, but not only do we have a tanker's rooting guide to see how high a draft pick the Steelers get, now we've got a playoff rooting guide to see, okay, what is the possibility? You know, we know that it's like, you know, it's not that much of a possibility, but (laughs) just, just like in Dumb and Dumber, So you say there's a chance. (laughs) So you always think about those things. Shannon White, how are you this evening, my friend?
1: I'm doing great on another Victory Monday.
0: Victory Monday. Victory Monday. And in the words,
1: you know, Matthew McConaughey's catchphrase, all right, all right, all right, because (laughs) Mr. Matthew Wright made all four field goals, and they were big. So my wife says, you got to say it. I said, all right. All right. All
0: right. All right. I love that. Tony, Matthew. All right. All right. All right. There it is. He's got a nickname. And I tell you what, I can get that going throughout <laughs> BTSC. It, it might be our thing. Tony, what golden gems do you have for us?
2: Uh, I'm just happy to that that finally talk about a two game winning streak. I wish I would have come up with a uh, Shannon's, uh, uh, uh catchphrase and i just read an article about the guy uh a few hours ago and it didn't even, come, it didn't even occur to me well that's why shannon's the best so uh, but i'm feeling pretty good matthew
0: all right all right all right i love it by by the way dazed and confused is i believe one of his very first movies and a fantastic movie so first, i absolutely love it
1: that was his first line ever on film
0: that's that is great. It's just he's just he's just this like twenty two year old guy with a just like this scurvy dude in the nineteen seventy six. It's great. So hey, let's get into it. You know the hangover. You know the deal here. This is this is kind of for you to do the old simmer down now, and you have twenty four hours to think about the ball game and to think about how you're feeling, and to think about how you fan. And that's kind of what we're going to do. There's no preaching here, but there's there's some good things to think about here. And I'm going to start off with you guys first. And I'm going to say, how are you feeling as a Pittsburgh Steeler fan right now? You can be pessimistic still. I don't care. You can feel like they're wasting an opportunity for a high pick. Fan the way you want to fan. I don't care. You can feel like this team going to the playoffs. That is great. That is your right as a fan. To be that optimistic, Tony. I'm going to start with you. How are you feeling?
2: Oh, I'm I'm enjoying the heck out of the progress that we've seen since Dubai. Three out of four, and and the offense. I don't want to say it keeps getting better and better every week, but it's it's found a way to be uh, efficient, and uh, you know, and it all starts with the running game. You know, it's what five straight games now of 100 yards or more, and especially uh, impressive sense to buy. And, you know, I I never thought I'd see that again uh, in a a consistent running game. And it seems like the offense is just this close to popping to really breaking through. And, and, uh, every game you see little moments where if, if if this happens or that happens, uh, you know, they might have a a touchdown instead of a field goal. So it's, it's encouraging. It looks like the offense has a flow, has a plan, has a rhythm, and it's something we, we really didn't see, uh, through the first eight games. So I'm feeling pretty good about, about what they're doing and, and how they're progressing as an offense but as a team overall over these past four games. Shannon, let's take your temperature.
1: Man, I am basking in the afterglow of positivity.
0: Oh my God. I have
1: <laughs> I have been praying preaching for for years now for a consistent running attack and an offensive line capable of, you know, generating, uh, um, you know, push on the ball and dry and creating lanes and and consistently churning out, you know, third and short, you know, where you can sustain drives and, and convert on him third and fourth and once the Steelers are doing all that. And it all started with the, you know, a, um, a, they refocused that uh, offensive attack around the bye week and now you're seeing long, sustained drives, 14, 16, 18 play drives. The time of possession has swung big time in their favor. I understand that the opposition hasn't been as strenuous, obviously, but they still went up against some good defenses, and they still have to execute, and they're doing both much better. And that's encouraging. All, that is the first steps of a foundation that's something that come, can become habitual. Moving forward, so I'm, I'm just really enjoying it. Uh, the winds are just icing on the cake.
0: All right, so I uh, you Tony talked about the positivity, and Shannon's talking about the positivity and feeling good. And hey, look, we know that this is not this is still not a great team, and we know the potential for you know, if this team somehow sneaks in the playoff, there's a potential for a true hangover show where we're just. We're just like, ah, well, here we go again. That was ugly. You know, That's mm-hmm. that's a possibility, and we know that. But something Shannon's been asking for all the time has been just growth. Every single week, he's been asking for that from his quarterback, and that's what we're getting. You're seeing some growth. You're seeing an identity. Look, and Jeff and Dave brought this up on the preview yesterday. They're like, we were talking before the draft. It doesn't matter who they get at quarterback that guy's going to get murdered and you kind of felt that was going to happen I don't know what the sack numbers are on Steeler quarterbacks but it's not that bad and this you know even four weeks ago I was talking about how bad this offensive line still was and then I turned it into okay the left side of the offensive line is what's terrible now I'm saying Man, they've been playing together as a unit, all five. And they've really gelled as a unit. Am I going to give this offense line an A? No. Am I going to give them a C plus to a B minus? Yeah, I think I would. With the arrow pointing up. I, I really like what I'm seeing here. Now, Tony mentioned the running game. And first of all, if we're going to give out nicknames, I'm going to give... An interesting nickname to one, Najee Mazay Harris. It's not Jerome, it's Mazay. And it's this. I'm going to call him from American Pie. I'm going to just call him Stifler. Because <laughs> my gosh, this guy does the stiff arm like nobody else. He did it. I mean, he did it against the, the Raiders last year, he did it this year. And the thing with Najee, is the reason I'm calling him Stifler is because he's kind of the bad guy at first. And I'm talking about the 2022 season, kind of the bad guy. And then he turns into kind of the hero, you know, kind of the guy that, that everybody loves. And we, we loved him in 2021. We, we loved what we had, but if you go back just about 35 days and you go to us talking here on Halloween, on October 31st, we're talking about how brutal it was against Philadelphia. And what did we say about Najee? All he... Man, it's it's a Dun Henley song. All he wants to do is dance. Mm-hmm. I, I see no dancing going on, gentlemen. Let's talk about that. Shannon?
1: Oh, it, you know, it was, <clears throat> there was a lot of talk about the injury, which I'm sure was some factor in his slow start, but it was the mentality. And, you know, again, the dancing and the, and the, uh, jump cuts and the stuff that, that a little back does. He's a large man. He needs to run more like Derrick Henry. We're starting to see that. Now he builds up ahead of steam. You know, he had a couple of chances yesterday for some big runs and he stumbled because he tried to slide step and you know, on that, that turf fair in Atlanta. And he, and he kind of stumbled, but, you're seeing him more North and South. And because of that, you know, his numbers and his productivity is going up. It helps that offensive line who continues to improve, but part of their improvement is because the running backs are actually hitting the holes when they're there. Uh, Jalen Warren is averaging over four yards a carry. Benny Snell for the first time in his career is averaging over four yards a carry and looking just like he could really contribute as that short yardage specialist, keep some of that pounding off of Harris. You know, they're Mm -hmm. actually using a three-headed monster rotation right now, and that's beautiful. And uh, I love the stiffler reference, but I figured it was because of that Hmm. stiff arm where he literally embedded that guy into the turf yesterday, which was (laughs) a very harsh and violent play by Harris, and we all loved it. But I thought that's why he's calling him Stifler. And that's really I also, why. That's and also why. wanted to know: Did Tony know Najee's mom then?
0: <laughs>
1: you know, because you know <laughs> Stifler's mom is pretty, you know, important in that whole story.
0: Yeah, and Brian Brown mentioned Stifler. Thought he was the quarterback of the Jets. That's funny. That was Finch. It's Finch. Uh, I love it. Who went out? It. Who uh, um, had a moment with Stifler's mom? Um, you know as i digress real quick on uh, my daughter was away um stayed with my my sister over thanksgiving so i that night we were going to watch a movie and she wants to watch my daughter wants to watch all the christmas stuff so i said to my son i said i tell you what i'm going to let him watch american pie he's 15 you know i figured i'd let him watch american pie and i just stared at him while he watched because he was la- he was laughing like crazy now i think it's one of his it's in his top 5 and he's watched it <laughs> a few times since, and so I I've been thinking about Stifler and all of that, but no, it was basically for the stiff arm is why I brought that up. Um, but then I decided to try to dig deep and and justify like like I spent hours, and I just thought about it like four minutes ago. Um, <laughs> so, but anyway, sometimes you can bluff people like you prepare more than you actually did. Um, yeah, so. Mike C. says, like, Najee's not there yet. Has no balance. He tripped even no one around. Yeah, I mean, that's going to happen with some guys, and I get that. But, Tony, what is your comfort level? with Shannon mentioning the offensive line has improved?
2: What is your thought? Are you comfortable with Najee Harris? I mean, of course. Of course. I mean, we saw what he did last year when he had no running room. He had 1,200 yards. Now they're starting to open holes, not just like Shannon said, not just for, uh, for Najee, but for, for everybody, everybody is starting to look good behind this line. Uh, and I'm starting to get to the point now where I'm expecting the Steelers to be able to run the ball, which I couldn't say that for the first eight games, I didn't expect them to, to be able to run the ball at all. I, I had no confidence in the ground game. Now I'm starting to have a lot of confidence in it. And it's amazing what a few weeks can do for that. And I'm, I'm very comfortable with Najee Harris and I think you know, James Lofton was talking about the the Falcons' rookie running back. How he you know he looks like he's on a track every time he gets the ball. That's how these Steelers running backs are starting to look. They're taking a the handoff and they're going right. where are just like they're they're picking a lane and they're and they're and they're uh they're hitting it. They're hitting the hole. And we didn't see that uh, for the longest time. And and it's it's you know like you, you see what Harris can do when he gets to the second level. I mean, he's so hard to bring down. He's such a hard nosed runner. And it's something that I wasn't even that aware of coming into the league that he was that hard nose of a runner. He is, he is a beast. And I think if he, if he can get behind a line that, that is is successful at, at opening holes on a regular basis, you're going to see that this guy can be like a, maybe not same level of a Derrick Henry or a B mode, but somebody who's, who's a similar kind of runner. And somebody who's who can who can uh, uh, really terrorize defensive backs and, and linebackers. So I'm very comfortable with Najee Harris, and you know, for him to accomplish the things he's accomplished so far behind the line that's 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 been struggling to to to, to gel, uh, you know, the sky's the limit. Uh, whenever they figure some things out. And as far as the three headed monster, you know, uh, I think Jerome Bettis proved that you can you can be a Hall of Fame running back still have really decent complementary pieces as your backups. So you don't have to, maybe it's a lesson from Mike Tomlin to learn that you don't have to have a, you don't have to run them to the wheels follow. You, you can still have a, a productive and a pro bowl running back and still give them maybe 80% of the carries that, that you normally would, or 20%, whatever, whatever the math I'm trying to figure out. So I'm very comfortable with Najee Harris. All right,
0: Shannon, uh, before I get to you on this, uh, Evgeny Crosby gives us a dollar ninety nine. Thank you so much, EC. Uh, long time a long time a supporter of the program here we appreciate you at btsc the picket fence the name for the offensive line I, I like that i think that's fantastic so we've got the picket fence now i think we can adopt that we've got stifler we've got <laughs> <laughs> i don't think stifler is gonna gonna work nobody's gonna go with stifler on this hey. but um but i i think some of our nicknames are and what was the first one guys? I mean, Matthew. All right. All right. All right. right. All right. All right. all right. And you're doing the, I can't even do the hand motion. There we go. Um, that's awesome. Shannon, does there's a uh, Najee Harris. He's 339 yards away from a thousand. Does that matter? I think it does because it means
1: that if he hits that number with the remaining games, it means that he stayed consistent over the second half of the season. And, you know, that the Lightning would take a lot of pride in that. They, you know, they take a Mm -hmm. a, a pride in all the offensive success and they have received more than their fair share of blame and deservedly so for the offensive struggles in recent seasons. So if they, if he hits that thousand yards, that means that they finished out the year strong. Uh, which is going to bode well for 2023 and that's something for those guys to hang their head
0: on mm-hmm. all right so you know i'm looking at the live chat here and lots of great comments i appreciate all of them not everybody's sold on naji harris but if we go back to october 31st i think everybody was ready to give up completely on naji harris and and now you you think it's now you feel like it's good. Thaddeus mentions this: a thousand yards in a seventeen-game season isn't a major accomplishment anymore. And well, I you know I I get that too, but it's still the uh, it's kind of still the benchmark for uh, receivers and running backs, especially with a seventeen-yard seventeen-game season. I've noticed something that there's that's one of the reasons you do have a lot more parity. Because that extra game means there's going to be a lot of extra injuries. So I still would consider 1,000 not that bad of a thing. So let's go ahead and continue. But the reason I'm bringing up the fact that the, some people are loving Najee right now, some people aren't. And it's your fandom. And it's looking at the men of steel in the mirror. Look, the fa- I want the fans to look in the mirror and say, what kind of fan are you? And own it. Like, what do you expect out of the Pittsburgh Steelers for the rest of this season? It started out crappy. I want to know who the Steelers think they are when they look in the mirror. So, gentlemen, I'm not going to sing, I promise, but I'm going to vow to you this. I'm going to make a promise to everybody in the live chat. I'm going to make it to Tony. I'm going to make it to Shannon White. I'm going to make it to everybody here. I'm going to make a change for once in my life. It's going to feel real good. You know, I I think it's going to make a difference. It's going to make it right. As I turn up the collar in my favorite winter coat, the wind is blowing my mind. I see the kids in the street with not enough to eat. Who am I to be blind, pretending not to see their needs? A summer's disregard, a broken bottle top, and one man's soul. They follow each other on the wind, you know, because they got nowhere to go. That's why Shannon, Tony live chat i want you to know i'm starting with the man in the mirror i'm asking him to change his ways and no message could have been any clearer here's the deal if you want to make the world a better place take a look at yourself and then make a change na 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 so gentlemen when I go ahead and play that pa- and I I recite that passage there, the reason I bring that out it's trying to figure out who we are as fans and what we want out of the rest of the season. Because, man, I would have loved that Anderson kid, and I'm ruining it. I didn't, gosh, Danny, I didn't even sing it. My gosh, if I sang it, I would have ruined it. (laughs) So, and I think it is a great song.
2: I mean, I wrote wrote that all down. That's a good, that could be a hit. I wrote that down. I have it for you in case you didn't write it down bad. (laughs) Oh yeah. So
0: yeah, maybe that could be a hit. I I don't know. I mean, I have, I could be a songwriter. Yeah. So no, but what I'm saying is this started out crappy and now we're trying to figure out what we want of the Steelers. But if the Steelers are looking in the mirror, fellas and ladies, what are they seeing? Who are they trying to be? They're trying to make that change. What change are they trying to make? So, Shannon, I'm going to start with you first. I believe the
1: Steelers, the players themselves and the coaches all believe that they were a playoff team. I believe that they fully expected to be a playoff team. Uh, They didn't buy into the rebuild uh, scenario that I've felt all along. Uh, That's why they started Mitch Trubisky. That's why they wanted that veteran. Uh, But nobody could foresee, foreseeing TJ Watts injury. And again, GB or Jeffrey Benedict, my podcast partner, he was talking about it. The Steelers record is this season four and one with TJ. And then we know that they won one game without him. So um, he is so important, even though he's not even probably 80% right now. He's not playing like the the Superman that we're used to. His mere presence requires double teams. Um, The focus is towards him and it frees up everybody else on the defense. He elevates their play. So, you know, I believe that the Steelers, want to show that they want to confirm that they are the team they thought they were to start the season by finishing the season strong. They're not worrying about draft positioning or anything like that. They're worrying about developing and improving, uh, confirming that it, whether or not Kenny Pickett is the answer so that they have all these answers uh, and, and have a clear view of the questions heading into the off season. So uh I fully expect the the progress we're seeing to be sustainable and to work to continue through the rest of this season.
0: Tony,
2: how do you follow that up? I think they, they feel like uh, that they are what they always think, think they are, and that's a contender. Even though it might have seemed uh, far-fetched a month ago, I think they came into the season – expecting to contend and then you know tj watt got hurt like like shannon said and they fell to two and six and things look pretty bleak uh, but now that they've uh, righted the ship a little bit and they're are five and seven and kind of in the in the in the hunt not really quite yet but they're they're getting there 11th place uh, 11th place i think now in the afc or twelfth, something like that i think they they ex- they feel like they they are where they usually are at this time of year and that's on the cusp of of contending for a playoff spot and i think now that they've uh they figured some things out on offense and they found a bit of an identity as far as uh, being able to run the ball and have Kenny Pickett manage the game and and make some key throws here and there. I think they feel like they can sneak back into the race, uh, at least for a wild card spot. that's, that's what I think they are. Whether, whether they really are that or not, I don't know. Uh, I have my reservations about that, but I do think they feel like they are a contender or at least not a contender, uh, but, but, but getting there.
0: Absolutely. So, you know, there's, there's some things to go ahead and look at here. Here's one guy when he looks in the men of steel mirror, what does he see? And I'm really confused with this one Steeler offensive player. Who does Deontay Johnson feel he is when he looks in the mirror, Shannon? Uh,
1: boy, that, you everybody knows on Deontay. Um, yesterday, just another example this season, Deontay signed the new contract, and the stores are paying like a wide receiver one. Um, I said, he's not, he's, he's a quality, an elite route wide receiver two. And I believe if George Pickett's become wide receiver one. Prior steps up and to be a security behind getting the passing game. That will be that will for Deonton matching up, having more favorable matchups with weaker corners and you know, converting third down. He's he's not a big play guy, uh, run after the game, but actions early in when Trubisky was in, when came in, you know, elaborate. Um, Overreact, emotional outburst, on the field showing up the creek, uh conference in the locker room, uh, passes run backwards. All this stuff. you need your veteran, most receiver, to leader for a young group of receivers. Well, it's been any surprise that now George Biggins have little fits and emotional outbursts when. The guy he's looking to is his mentor and example doing it all year. Well, that's why you you it, you have to be careful to put in, into a position of leadership in your receiving court if acts that way like Jerry Johnson is acting. You're going to see other guys fight. And I think the pickage yesterday, that was not uh, – that was not um, professional and it wasn't of a Steelers wide receiver. Uh, I think that, you know, he's had a bad example, a bad mentor. Deontay Johnson somebody in the mirror, but I don't think he's getting a true reflection. He really is.
0: All right. I don't know if it's just my computer, but I had a, a little trouble hearing you, Shannon. So I'm going to have you uh, pop out off and uh come on back in if you don't mind um tony so deontay johnson is kind of frustrating to a lot of people right now and i uh what i got from what shannon was saying and i really like and i wasn't thinking about the whole mentor thing and i wasn't thinking about how as a mentor to george pickens that's why that's happening but do you think the attitude and the uh, the treatment that he got when he was going up for that contract has really affected Deontay Johnson, and he just can't get over it, and it's affecting his play on the field.
2: Uh, yeah, I think uh, I think he he feels like he's a number one receiver. I think uh, he's been so they they've been so uh, he's been so productive. I say you know he's got, he's been number one receiver productive since he came in the league. I mean they, he's been there. Really, their their main focus on offense in the passing game since 2019 overall. If you, if you go back his entire four year career, so I, I think you know he went. To, he's trying to prove to everybody that he's worth the money that they gave him, and I think it's affecting it how he goes about. It. I mean, when you, when you see him uh, run routes, he's elite. He's elite at running the at running pass routes and getting open and causing separation. And it's hard not to go to him because he's, he seems like he's always open. And he, you know there was a graphic. Posted a few weeks ago, that suggested he was the most open receiver in the NFL. But everything else that he does, you know, after the catch, uh, his ability to hold on to the ball—that's you know, him right in the hands. He's not elite. He's below average. I, mean, I think you, you can honestly say he's not great at running after the, after the uh, the catch. He doesn't have great hands. Uh, so I th- think he's trying to—he's trying too hard to prove to everybody that that he's a number one receiver. And, and, you know, it, it, I think it's affecting every area of, of his game other, other than his ability to get open. His ability to get open, again, is, is elite. But everything else is uh, has been subpar this year, and I think you're seeing that.
0: That's really interesting stuff. Now, I want to address what Shannon said about George Pickens. You know, George Pickens is a guy that uh, feels like he has number one talent, and I think he does have number one talent. I really think he could be – absolutely a fantastic here. He's playing at home. He's playing in Georgia. There are so many people there for number 14 and he wanted to get the ball and he did not get that. But the problem was and they brought it up. James Lofton I think brought it up. There was man there was not much room for him. He was not completely getting open. They went in to shut him down. Because it's just like this. Think about this when the Steelers drafted Kenny Pickett, they knew all about Kenny Pickett because he was in their facility. The Atlanta Hawkins know a lot about George Pickens, and they know exactly what he can do because he was becoming a legend in the state of Georgia for um, before the year that he got injured. So all I'm saying here is, you know, this is just a situation where, Mike Tomlin, if he is that player's coach that everybody thinks he is, says, Hey, you're being relied on, you know, it didn't happen in this game, but it's going to happen. Relax, you know, take a deep breath and figure it out, but don't let this affect your entire game. But one of the problems we have here in Pittsburgh is we are so gun shy now after the 2018 AB debacle. So with that, we feel like every wide receiver is definitely going to be a diva. And if they speak up, then it's going to blow up. Do you guys really see George Pickens as a diva? That's going to just completely blow up. And I'm going to start with Tony on this.
2: I mean, not really. I mean, not at this point. I mean, to me, what you saw yesterday, I mean, that's, that that's commonplace uh, with receivers. I mean, you know, they're, they're competitive. You want to see somebody who's competitive and wants the ball. You want to see that even from a rookie, you know, I don't think that's, that's a, uh, a, 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 a mark against him. You know, I, I just think it's, it's, he believes in his abilities and, you know, he feels like maybe he can, he can make a, a difference in this offense and an offense that's, by and large has struggled in 2022 and he's clearly a, 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 a fantastic uh, prospect and, and he has su- such great uh, potential. And, you know, as so many have said, if it wasn't for the knee injury, he suffered last year. He might've been the first receiver drafted in 2022. So I don't, I don't see that. You know, I, I go back to, if you're a fan of the America's game series, uh, the NFL uh, network does, or the NFL network does, uh, go back and watch the 19, the one about the 1979 team. And John Starworth, who a lot of people th- know, is one of the nicest guys ever. He was he played a pivotal role for them that year. And there was a game where he caught one pass. And Chuck Noel asked him after the, after the game, "How'd you feel about the game?" And he said, "I'm pretty darn bleeped off, Chuck." He said, "Why? We won the game. Yeah, I know, but I only had one catch." And Chuck Noel said, "Well, would you would you rather have a lot of stature? Would you rather win the game?" And he said, "I like to think we could do both." So even John Starworth uh got mad when he wasn't included in the game plan so that's just the competitive fire that these guys have and and i'm not i'm not that worried about george pickens being upset These these things get more, blown out of proportion more nowadays like you said because of what happened with antonio brown if it wasn't for antonio brown i don't think we'd be as worried about it it's just uh he he has uh he's alarmed everybody uh because of his because of what he did and how that ended here in pittsburgh but I'm I'm not. I'm not phased at all by what happened uh, with with Pickens. That's 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 again. That's that's pretty common in NFL uh, circles. Great
0: answer, Tony. Shannon, do you think George Pickens GP is another AB? I
1: don't think so. Uh, I think that uh, you know the maturation process. He's 21 years old. Uh, He was like that. He never outgrew it. Mike Tomlin and did a great job of, how, uh, you know, the throwing Gatorade, a cooler's on the side, and a few like that. But you're seeing, I've seen more albums on the sidelines from receivers this year than I have in previous because it's had a couple. And now, I mean, uh, Claypool got really fresh, but now we've seen Pickens do the same thing. Um, I did used to say there's a time and there's a play and headlines uh, on national television or on the field actually is not the time the place. So hope you know he will mature. Hopefully the stores will keep you more involved than they did yesterday. But part of that's running a lot of routes, speed. feed, and needs work to clean up work to be a runner. So he thinks he's open he's really not so uh, maybe him do a better job of getting on the same page moving
0: all right so what we're going to do right now is we're going to go ahead and take a break and we're going to come back and we're going to talk about who Kenny Pickett who KP8 sees when he looks in the man of steel mirror so we'll be back right after this on behind the steelcurtain.com. Welcome back to BehindTheSteelCurtain.com. My name is Brian Anthony Davis. Alongside me is Tony DeFio, And Shannon White has just dropped out for a second to uh, work on his audio problems. I mean, it happens uh, this time of year with internet and wind. So um, I know Shannon's experiencing some weather as well. So he's going to go ahead and take a look at that. So in the meantime, Tony and I are going to uh, talk while we await the return of our good buddy, Shannon. So let's do this, Tony. Kenny Pickett, and I i definitely want to hear Shannon's opinion when he gets back from this. But Kenny Pickett is taking a lot of criticism right now. Now, it's very easy for us to say, and a lot of people are getting tired, well, he's a rookie. And let's try to do this without, well, he's a rookie. Because, I mean, I, I'm about to say that, and I get it, and we know that, that he's a rookie. We can make comparisons to Peyton Manning even though Peyton Manning threw a lot of touchdown passes. But what's more important to you when we look at Kenny Pickett? Are we looking at the fact that he's making some smart decisions? He's calling Benny Snell's number on third and, and goal for uh, with with a chance to go ahead and take the lead in a game on Monday Night Football you feel that he's the leader and you're not worried about touchdown passes right now. You like more the no
2: interceptions. I just like the fact that, that, that uh, he seems comfortable uh, in his own skin and he has all throughout his rookie season. He's obviously, I'm sure he's frustrated at times. Uh, You know, you saw Sunday, he missed the Pat Frymer through his wide open, or at least he was open anyway. I don't think he's wide open, but he was open and it would have been a touchdown. Uh, early in the game, they had to set up for a field goal. So he has he is missing some throws here and there, but he's also making some fantastic throws and and he's making some great decisions. As you said, the the uh, the the audible to to hand off to Benny Snell last week is, is that were you referring to it, the Colts game? That, yeah, that's a, that's a good yeah, that's a good veteran move. You know, so that, I like that. I like the fact that he's he's starting to process the game. He's starting to to, to, to uh, uh, see things as a veteran quarterback would. And, you know, the other stuff I believe will come, you know, and yeah, people are sick of hearing oh, he's only a rookie uh, and, and they want better results. But he is only a rookie. And, and, and if you look at the big picture in NFL history, you know, it's unusual for rookies, as we said many times, to come on the scene and, and take the NFL by storm. You know, the NFL, like Myron Cope said there, to, to, to reference Myron again, you know, it's a tough football league. He said it that simply and it's, it's true. It's a tough league to master, especially for a quarterback, especially for a rookie quarterback. So, you know, um, I like the fact that that he seems, he never seems really like that high up after a win and, and that low after a loss. He seems like somebody who's very businesslike. He's sending a good example for these guys. Even though he's a rookie, he's still a rookie quarterback for a young team. They're young overall as a team. And they need somebody who's not, not going to, not going to fly off the handle, not going to pull a Zach Wilson and, 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 and you know not take responsibility for, for, for a, uh, a bad game or a bad performance. He's going he's gonna to put the responsibility on himself. So I, I like what I see from Kenny Pickett, and, and I think um, when he looks in the mirror, he sees somebody who, who, who still has a lot of work to do, but he's confident that he's going to be able to, to, to reach the level that they need him to reach.
0: The legendary Marky D is, he is in the live chat under Steelers Nation Australia, and this is what he has to say. And now he's set off a firestorm for pizza. Um, the bloke has improved each game. If people are unhappy with Kenny, they would be unhappy with a free pizza. I'm, I just love that. And now, right. uh, now just me likes pizza, Freeze even better. And now we're talking about pizza. And now I'm hungry. <laughs> and
2: I White. haven't had any pizza since I turned 50. What's that? That's my favorite food, and I haven't had a, a slice of pizza since I turned 50. I'm really, I'm really, uh, that, I can't That look at that live chat.
0: Yeah, you know what? I mean, I have been very good. I haven't had a slice of pizza since I turned 51. Um, so, <laughs> Happy birthday. <laughs> was, it's been two days since I've had pizza, I think. Um, so uh, that's me. Yeah, that is me really trying to get a. Uh, s- you know, just a shameless plug for a birthday that happened two days ago that I don't care for. I mean, <laughs> I don't care about, it. I'm just joking. Um, Shannon. Let's talk about the haters. Let's talk about everybody right now that is on Kenny Pickett. And, but before we get into that, let me ask you a question. I think uh, Tony's happy with his play right now. I'm, I think he's growing and like you are going to say, he's, as long as he's growing every single week, we should be happy with that. But I'm going to ask the question first. If he's playing like this in December of year two, are we happy?
1: No. I, uh, NFL quarterback, have to be to improve. And, and you see him. Um, if he's, you know, as manager, uh I'll just, I mean, Four row, no turn. Uh, quarterbacks can say that. still are quarterbacks. Rookie can say that. Um, uh, well, it's the football doing needs to be done, so very satisfied with right now. Um, uh, you know what? Where he's going to be. Uh, Nick, hopefully it'll be still a quarterback. Pittsburgh still, that'll mean he finished out the strong and gave them reason to believe that he's the quarterback of the future.
0: All right. So with that being said, let's go ahead and talk about something that's going to be very sensitive to a lot of people, and uh, it's Ooh. this. Oh, Tony, Tony's getting excited um, when I say this, you know, I am probably, yeah, I, I'm the one assembling people with torches and pitchforks to uh, move Matt Canada out of town. Ooh, geez. I am. I'm not ready for this. And you know how, you know how I am. You know that when I'm wrong about something, I will come, this one thing that I pride myself on, I will come back and say, all right, I was really wrong on this. But was there anything in that play calling yesterday, Tony, that made you feel that Matt Canada should not be the coordinator for the Pittsburgh Steelers?
2: Uh they they, they sh- he should be fired. Is it or, or are you asking if it's if if it's if he, he's improved? If I like what I saw. Rate performance yesterday. Well, I I thought for the first time this year, even Maybe the second time, like going back to the Colts game, it, it felt like, like there was a plan. Like they were, he was building uh, plays off and of, he was setting up plays off of other plays. Like, and that's something we haven't seen uh, really since he took over as OC in 2021. It felt like there was a rhythm, like there was continuity, like like they, they, they had, they were setting stuff up, uh, which you didn't get that impression over the first eight games. Now that could have been because uh, the offensive line was, was still trying to get attacked together. It may have been because they, you know, uh, they had a you know, Trubisky was struggling so much in the first few games, and then they, they put a rookie in, and he was, you know, he was trying to figure things out. But it, it felt like there was, a, for the first time this year, uh, recently, it, it feels like the offense is, has a plan. So, uh, an actual game plan. So, I would rate his performance really good. Now, they they, they had to settle for, for four field goals in, instead of um, uh, touchdowns, which, you know, you want to see them finish off some, some of these drives and, and put a few more points on a board. So that's an area they certainly have to work on, but it feels to me like, like I said earlier in the show, that the offense is just ready to break through. And, and I mean, if, if we're going to criticize the guy for having a horrible, for calling a horrible game, we have to give him credit for calling a good game. And I thought he called a good game yesterday. Shannon,
0: do you feel that he not only being Matt Canada, Called a good game, but do you feel like he's saving his job in Pittsburgh right now?
1: Nah. <laughs> um From the bye week, they thought he might, and I think from the bye week is when they took some of the responsibilities from him, and I think that it's a it's been a joint effort. For, I don't know if it's Sullivan and Tomlin and who else involved, but. Some of the rest that they're doing is not consistent with Canada's offense in the past anywhere. He's I think that the reason, part of the reason why the Steelers are playing better on offense is because they've simplified the offense. They're playing more to the players, and they've taken some responsibility away from him. So I sort of given him credit.
2: Interesting.
0: Yeah, so, you know, that's uh, really interesting stuff. You know, Jeffrey Benedict seems to feel that when you get the running game going, that works to Matt Canada's favor. That works to uh, his scheme real well. And with the running game getting going, that's that's a big help. But the one thing that I'm still seeing with Matt Canada, I'm, I'm not dropping the pitchfork right now, but I'm uh, backing up a little bit. I'll just say that. But one thing that that, uh, I've noticed is it's still a criticism. He's very good when he has the the book and when everything's going to play. It's like in the movie Die Hard. Yes, the Christmas classic. You know, it's like in Die Hard when it says, here comes the FBI. And they're Mm -hmm. going through the playbook step by step. And when it goes off kilter, I don't think that's where... Matt Canada Matt Canada's not an audible guy. Thank goodness you had Kenny Pickett to audible last right. week. So that's kind of what I'm looking at but but as far as everything it goes, they've been, this team has been rushing well, right? And as Ron Schultz says we've rushed for 100 yards for the last 5 games and right. that also plays into uh that actually helps Canada in his scheme. Tony, go
2: ahead. Well, I just want to say I think the, the pro- one of the biggest problems with this offense is they're not getting a lot of chunk plays, you know, so it's, so uh, as a consequence, they have, they have to, you know, you know, have 12, 13, 14 play drives to score touchdowns. And we saw yesterday, their one touchdown that they scored, it was set up by a Pat Fryer, 57 yard catch and run. And and that was the longest play of the year. So, you know, you know, stick the used to say, you know, his philosophy was uh, keep everything in front of you and, and tackle the catch. And he, his philosophy was, well, you know, if a offense has to has needs 12, 13, 14 plays to score, somewhere along the line somebody's going to screw up. There's going to be a penalty. There should be a missed block, uh, fumble, interception, whatever. And and that's how that's how you uh, you know you 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 can you know snuff out the drive. And we saw yesterday there were some really really uh, promising drives that were that were compromised by penalties, by um, you know miss blocks, and and that. Led to uh, a few is is a uh, you try to get George Pickens more involved and uh, in he's because I think he's the one who can maybe do that better than anybody
0: alright so uh, we're going to go ahead and get on out of here but before we go I need to make an impassioned plea and I just mentioned the movie Die Hard one of my all-time favorite movies. Not my absolute favorite movie, but one of, I would say, top two. And so I'm going to make an impassioned plea. But before I do that, my uh, wife and kids got me a shirt. And so it is, a, it is not officially Christmas season yet. But if I go ahead and bring this shirt up so everybody can see. It's not Christmas until Hans Gruber. Let's see. Can you see it? Mm-hmm. Christmas there girls. it is. Hans Gruber. He's got a little Santa hat there. Falls from <laughs> Nakatomi Plaza. But here's here's what I've got to talk about here. Die Hard is, like I said, probably number two for me. But number one of all time is a movie that does not get considered when we talk about the action thriller Christmas movie. And it really upsets me. I would like to make a plea for when we mention Die Hard as a Christmas movie, and some of you won't, but that you also include one of the greatest of all time from 1987, released on March 5th of that year mm. Lethal Weapon. Lethal Weapon to me is every bit a Christmas movie as Die Hard is. <laughs> Enough said. If I had a mic, I'd be dropping. <laughs> a- any thoughts on that, Tony?
2: Uh, well, I've, I used to, I used to watch The Weapon a lot back in the day, but I haven't seen it in years. As far as Die Hard, I've never seen it. So I really, I really can't comment on it. Uh, but everybody, everybody says that Die Hard's a Christmas movie, so I have to go by the consensus. And and so I'll just go with you and say it's a Christmas movie. Tony, what what the hell? Why have you (laughs) never seen Die Hard? I'm not a big Bruce Willis fan, I guess. I don't know. I, I, I just don't really get into his movies all that much, but. I don't know, what can I say? I I like Rush Hour and those kind of movies, which are similar. So, you know, (laughs) there's that anyway. It's not really
0: Bruce Willis. You know, it's really funny about that movie. They were worried about Bruce Willis as the lead that people wouldn't go see it. So they kept him off of the the opening trailers and the posters at the beginning. Shannon, help me out with this. Uh, Convince Tony that he's got to watch this movie. Die
1: Hard's a you know, you know anybody that loves action genre, you know, well, they'll tell you that Die Hard,
0: uh is an awesome movie. So yeah, Tony definitely needs to see it. All right, so I would be remiss. There's a, a few questions that have come up, um, asking it. Uh, Jennifer is asking, do you think My- Miles Jack is moving a little bit slower? Yeah, I, uh, I think that he has some bumps and bruises on him, but I, uh, I would not really throw him out with the bathwater right now. I, I think he's uh, somebody that is really going to help with that team. Um, we've got a lot of other Christmas movies in here that that has been mentioned. A lot of people want to talk about the fact, and here's the news that came out today. Baker Mayfield, my one of my least favorite players, got cut by Carolina. And Tony said this at the beginning, before we were on the show, and when we were discussing the show, he mentioned the fact that hey, look, Carolina—they're trying to get—they trade all these guys for Sam Darnold, then they trade all these guys for Baker Mayfield. They just cannot get it going, and so that's maybe the Steelers have a better quarterback situation than you would think that they would. Um, also, the fact that uh, that Huntley, Tyler Huntley, is—is a is Tyler. Yeah, What's Huntley's first name? will we'll, we'll most likely be starting for the Baltimore Ravens this weekend. Um, And there's a lot of people worried about that as well. And that's going to be an interesting one to see. Lamar Jackson is not completely out of the mix, but it almost seems like it's going to be, it's going to be Huntley. And then they, they just signed Brett Huntley. So <laughs> they have Huntley and now they have Huntley back it up. Uh, lamar so it's going to be really interesting week this is something that's going to really set up the rest of the season so uh thanks everybody for hanging out with us hey it's a victory monday that's the most important thing for shannon white for tony defio my name is brian anthony davis and we want you to make sure that you check out behind the steel curtain for all of your pittsburgh Steeler needs anything you want it's on the network make sure you go back and check out bad language from today. Make sure you check out Jeff Hartman and Jeff Hartman had, who I think is one of the great shows. Let's ride winners and losers. And we're also going to have tomorrow morning. You're going to have an opportunity to hear another from the cutting room floor from Jeffrey Benedict and, and, We've got another episode of the Fix with Andrew and Jeremy as well. You can catch these guys later on in the week. Shannon White is going to have a very special episode along with Jeffrey Benedict, a uh, former Baltimore Raven, is going to be on. Know your enemy. It is going to be uh, tight end. Former tight end Daniel Wilcox is going to be with the guys. Wow. So that that's something to definitely check out as well. As we uh, as we give the BTSC welcome to a baltimore raven and um remember you know the rules anybody's allowed in our living room just don't pee on our couch so (laughs) for shannon and tony i'm bad and just when you think you have got all of those answers
2: we keep changing the questions
0: shannon take me home woo Woo indeed and that's hot times daddy